turn to Matthew chapter 2. We are in the middle of the Advent season, the four weeks leading up to Christmas that many Christians throughout history have traditionally set aside in order to focus our minds and hearts on the coming of Christ at Christmas. Some of you have been working through devotions in that regard, whether personal devotions or family devotions. Uh, It's not too late if you haven't or if you've missed some days. It doesn't matter. Something's better than nothing. If you'd like for me to resend those devotions that I sent, I'd be glad to. I normally have an Advent series in here for the four Sundays leading up to Christmas. It didn't work out that way this year, but we will spend the next two weeks anyway. Uh, Just thinking about a couple different angles on the birth of Christ and also events surrounding the birth of Christ. This week I want us to think about the wise men that we've all heard about, the wise men who came to worship Jesus after He was born. So please stand and follow as I read from God's Word in Matthew chapter 2, verses 1-12. through Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who was born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet. And you, O Bethlehem, in land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way. And behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. Amen. You may be seated. Now, uh, most of us know a little bit about the wise men. They were, you know, they're they're always a part of the nativity scenes that we see, and uh, we know that they brought gifts and that they worshipped the newborn king. If we dig a little further, we might consider that they had to have some familiarity with the prophecies of the Hebrew scriptures in order to. Um, know who this Messiah was supposed to be, that he was going to be a king. They also had to have some familiarity with astronomy and astrology, studying the stars and different things. And there's many people that have delved into that. That's not where we're going today. But I think sometimes we neglect to think about the parts of the story that we're most familiar with. Oh yeah, the wise men, and they were there, and they worshipped the newborn king. And certainly from that we can learn that Jesus is to be worshipped, but what else? Is there any else, uh, anything else that is of significance with these wise men? Here's something that had my attention this week. 
And it comes from verse 1 where we're told that the wise men are from the east. It says at the end in verse 12 that they went back to their own country. Not from Israel, from a different country, from the east somewhere. So people have speculated where in the east, uh, maybe the former Babylonian kingdom, maybe of the Medes or the Persians. But anyway, you slice it, they're from another country. They're Gentiles, non-Jews, from the east who came to worship Christ. So why is that significant? Well, uh, I think about the fact that this is one of the first scenes in the New Testament. So if we're just reading through the Bible, kind of traveling along redemptive history, and we're, we're seeing God's work as it unfolds, we, we get through the Old Testament, and all of that is about one country, one nation, one people, the people of Israel. It's about God's relationship with the nation of Israel. The majority of the Old Testament is about the people of Israel. It's about their history. It's about their covenants and worship. It's about their kings. It's about their prophets. And Gentiles were not viewed favorably in that relationship between Israel and their God. So leading up to the birth of Christ, God's dealings with humanity have have largely been and focused with this nation of Israel for the last 2,000 years. This is the way things have been. And then here comes this long-promised Messiah, promised through the prophets of Israel, promised before uh, you know, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He's the Savior King from Israel, Jesus Christ, the one whom the prophets foretold. And then we see these Gentiles are worshiping Him. It's one of the first things we see in the New Testament. Well, what's that all about? In fact, it's nothing new. Uh, this is simply... God's long-promised salvation coming to fruition, further advancing in and through Jesus Christ. So over 2,000 years prior to this, God made covenant promises to Abraham. In Genesis 12.3, He says, Go from your country and your kindred, from your father's house, to the land that I will show you. And I'm going to make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great so that you will be a blessing. So here God says to Abraham, I'm going to give you some land. I'm going to make you into a nation. He's talking about the nation of Israel. He's talking about the land, the land of Canaan that became Israel's land. I will bless you to be a blessing. This is talking about God's salvation blessing. We know that those who have the faith of Abraham are sons of Abraham. We're brothers in Christ with Abraham as as much as that may bend our minds. But God's salvation blessing given to Abraham 2,000 years before Christ, extending that into the nation of Israel through his son, his grandson, Isaac, Jacob, the nation of Israel. But it was not going to stop with Israel because in that passage I read in Genesis 12, the next verse says, In you, Abraham, all of the families of the earth shall be blessed. All of the families of the earth. So the blessing of God's salvation to Abraham, to his family, to Isaac, to Jacob, to the nation of Israel, it was never meant to stop with Israel. God promised Abraham as many descendants as there are stars in the sky, and from the very beginning, God intended to take those salvation blessings to the end of the earth, to all nations, even to every family of the earth. 
In Genesis 26, God is reiterating these covenant promises with Abraham's son Isaac. He says, I will multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven. Same thing he said before. I will give to your offspring all these lands. Same thing he said before. The immediate fulfillment of this is in the nation of Israel, where one family becomes many families in a nation. But it doesn't stop there. The next verse it says, In your offspring all of the nations of the earth will be blessed. All of the nations of the earth. So from Abraham to Isaac to Jacob, Israel, but it was never meant to stop with Israel. God's salvation has always been intended to spread to every nation. Over a thousand years after Abraham, the prophets of Israel pick up on this and they're foretelling the coming of the Messiah. They're telling about God's salvation uh, with the Christ. The prophecy in Joel 2 where it talks about the Spirit being poured out on all flesh. That means... All people, all people groups. Not just Jews, but Jews and Gentiles. Isaiah talked about this a lot. Isaiah 42, the promised Messiah is called a light for the nations, plural. Not just the nation of Israel, but for all nations. Isaiah 49.6, I will make you as a light for the nations, that my salvation may reach the ends of the earth. The blessings of God's salvation were always intended to spread beyond the nation of Israel. The greatest purpose of the nation of Israel was to lead us to Jesus, in and through whom God's salvation would spread to all nations. So what we see with the wise men is that is beginning to take shape. God's salvation is not just heading to Israel, it's heading to all nations. And then, after Jesus' death and resurrection, we see that gaining steam. He gives the Great Commission, go and make disciples of all nations. So when we think about the wise men, we should think about God's promise to Abraham. We should think about salvation to all nations, even all families of the earth. We should remember the prophets who foretold a light for all nations, not just the nation of Israel. When we see the wise men, we should remember that Christmas is about missions. It's about God's global mission to save His people from every nation. And it's about... Jesus' great commission that we're a part of to go and make disciples from every nation. Wise men from the east, from another country, not Jews but Gentiles, came to worship the newborn king. And what we should see is there's a whole lot more where that came from. So to help us think about this further, I want Marcos and Will to come up, if you would, guys. Marcos Bazelli, and you guys know Will Savell. Uh, Marcos is a graduate of Reformed Theological Seminary, which is where Dr. Young graduated from. He works with the Argentina Bible Society and was in town this week for a big meeting with Will Savell and the Grace Institute, along with Third Millennium Ministries, which many of you are familiar with, uh, as they partner together for God's work in Argentina and beyond. So welcome, brother. Great to be here. Glad to have you today. Why don't you start by telling us a little bit about your family? Sure. Um, I've been married for 16 years already. I have four kids. Uh, Abby, who was born here in the States, in Mississippi. So okay. I brought a piece of the U.S. back to Argentina. Mm-hmm. Um, she's 14. Aileen is 13. Kayla is almost 10. And Francesco, he's 2. So, yeah. Big gap there. Really in love with that boy. Oh, that's so, right. Nice. That's very good. Now, you have been a senior pastor. You're now an assistant pastor. Your right. dad was a church planner and pastor forever. Uh, but now you're working with the Argentina Bible Society. So tell us a little bit about the Bible Society and what you're doing there. Well, it's been there for like 190 years already. So it's you know, 
the, probably the oldest Christian institution in the country. It actually began before we became a nation. We had a constitution. So uh, through actually the British and Foreign Bible Society and through the American Bible Society as well, mm -hmm. we actually donated the, the, the building back in 1966. Wow. Um, anyway, so it has a great network of about 13,000 churches that we visit once a year, literally physically visit once or twice a year. So that kind of opens lots of opportunities to just to serve churches, to sure. offer training to pastors and leaders all over the country. And we are part of the largest um, fellowship, what is called United Bible Societies, uh, which is the second most global institution in the world after the Red Cross. Um, and there are about 150 of them. 150 Bible societies. Bible societies that serve over 200 nations. And your Bible society serves... 13,000 churches? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there are about 20,000 churches in Argentina, but we literally touched like 13,000 churches every year. With, yeah, our, with the scriptures and, all, you know, our, translation and things yeah, like that? Yeah, we have like 20 full-time promoters that, that are the guys traveling the country, and they, uh, they, they drive about 400,000 kilometers per year by car, believe it or not. Just distributing God's word, but um, lately one of the actually global emphasis is not about only translating the scriptures, what uh, has been traditionally what Bible societies would do in distributing the scriptures, but helping Christians to engage with the Bible in more like meaningful ways, you know. And many people don't even have a Bible, so yeah. you know, so just putting the Bible is great in their hands, but it, it doesn't. It doesn't finish there. You know? Wow. So we help them to engage, providing resources. Uh, I just am stunned yeah. by the, the scale. Yeah. You're one Bible society, and then you're saying there's a network of how many Bible societies? Um, I, uh, 146. So it's growing, but about 150. Times thousands of churches and, oh, yeah, and yeah, translation of the scriptures. And how many different nations, you said? Over 200. 200 nations. Yeah. Translation of the scriptures, getting the scriptures right. to the people. Yeah. Uh, and training them, training pastors and laymen yeah. in, in how to... It's just amazing to see what's going on over there. You know, we get together once a year in what is called uh, the roundtable meeting. And so you sit down with Bible societies, you know, from over 100 countries and just listen to the stories of wow. what's going on there. It's just amazing, you know. It's really hard to overestimate the significance of that. I mean, one of the great things that the reformers did in the protestant reformation was they took they gave the scriptures to the common man right right because it was all in latin and nobody could understand and so they they translated the scriptures they gave it to the people and uh god used that tremendously and now this is happening all over the world before you go to the next question or, or whatever tell them about um november the conference and how even the Pope is endorsing it in Argentina. Right, yeah, so we are having this, uh, it's actually going to be the first conference, international Bible conference in, in, in Argentina, probably the region, in, uh, within the, the Bible Society's world, probably the first one. Uh, so we're going to just make a huge call to the church to come back to the sufficiency and centrality of the scriptures in the church life and kind of advocate for the Bible in the public square. So we may, may have the, the president of Argentina sort of doing the opening. He's not even a Christian, but he'll do, you know, sort of the opening address and the vice president. And we are 
through that um, also sort of hosting all the Bible societies of our own region, which are like 19 Bible societies. Um, none of them have like, um, you know, strategic resources to help their, their own churches. And there's such a, you know, huge need for Bible training, some Bible training. There's this statistic that says that only 2.5% of pastors and leaders around the world have any kind of training not not formal training but any kind of training so imagine like only 2.5 percent of your medical doctors having any kind of training i mean would you take your kids to see them you know but we are taking our kids and just our families to be pastored by these guys and i'm not just criticizing them god has Call them. Yes. To be pastors, but just, they, they don't have resources. They don't have the resources. Is that where you guys' yeah, partnership yeah. comes and in? And that's true even of Argentina. About 80% of pastors have no training at all, at all in Argentina. So there's a lot of stuff in the internet, but you know you know how it is. How do you use good, it? Good stuff, bad stuff. Yeah, most of them don't even yeah, have like high about. school education. So and it's always. A lot of them don't have internet. Right. Right. Outside of Argentina. Right. So talk a little bit, Will, about what you guys are doing together. Um, well, Marcos uh, was given the role of uh, the director of Bible influence and advocacy. And a lot of the, what that meant for the Bible Society was that they were moving from uh, you know, Bible translation and just Bible advocacy to influence. And that meant curriculum. And so that's kind of where we came in. Marcos graduating for, has graduated from RTS. Um, he's a co-pastor of a Redeemer, Tim Keller, church down in Argentina. Um, second, the head pastor is supported financially by Second Press. And so the head pastor called me, um, and we were on Skype. His name is Marcelo Robles. He, he called me on Skype, and he held up this tablet. He goes, hey, uh, this is your tablet or something. I didn't know this guy. And, um, and we started talking. He goes, I need you to talk to Marcos Buzelli. And that's when we just started talking. His big job is uh, curriculum and getting uh, small groups, everything that you know that we're doing. And we just started uh, teaming up. This now, is one of the one of the classes that that you put together yeah, right. with some third mill material uh, in Spanish, and you know for training leaders in the church in Argentina and beyond. And you need to know that when every country that we're in, the Grace Institute's in, uh, it looks a little different. This is obviously the the most advanced group <laughs> that, that we work with. They have tons of resources, and uh, we're actually learning a lot from them. But um, instead of you know printing off study guides and things like that, they're completely redoing all the the video lectures. They're breaking them into the group uh, to smaller sections. Uh, they're doing introductions um, with their own people, um, lots of things. And this is a study guide. Um, they're printing off study guides for every, you know, every course. So Which, just to amazing. put in context, is not a whole lot different than what I would do <clears throat> through RTS here. Nah. I mean, I do virtual distance education, and so I have the lectures. I have a study guide that goes with the lectures. You take exams that are guided by the study guide. You know, so I mean, the kinds of training that these guys are being provided, and like they said, the materials out there. But only 2.5% of pastors in the world have any kind of training. So they're really organizing and, and giving them the tools that they can work with. And think about, I've always gone back to the fact, you think about the blessing of Dr. Young's education to this congregation. 
And then you multiply that by 13,000 churches in one Bible society, 200 nations in all these other Bible societies. It's amazing. But here's, here's what's great. And we're all in love with Argentina right now. Uh, and, and we are. And it's, but from here until November, we're trying to get Argentina built strong because in November at the conference, right. I mean, we're thinking the future, you know, right. so Lord willing, yeah. talk about the future. Yeah, of we this. want to replicate this in, in at least 19 Bible societies of the region. Wow. That are, you know, desperately needing resources. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's not just about a, a book. You look at this, I mean, you've seen hundreds of books. It's just about the learning community experience. What we do is we travel a city which is gathered. Uh, in Argentina, there's this wonderful unity phenomenon taking place. Like you have, uh, at every city, you have what is called a pastoral council made up of, made up of just pastors from all different backgrounds. They get together once a month for, for prayer and just for ministry things, you know. And so we, we just attend their meetings and, and provide resources and we'll get them together to study God's Word, which is, you know, such a wonderful grade of work of unity, you know, um, and just provide resources so that they will have something to train their, their own members. Mm-hmm. So that, that, that is taking place. Will actually uh, visited us uh, a few months ago and we visited um, two of these uh, learning communities. No, no, three, actually. Yeah. And a couple of new mm-hmm. ones that are going to be launched. So he, he kind of got that taste of what is going on as far as unity and yeah, and also need no that's yeah, good yeah, yeah. well good. let me let me take it back this way because i i am blown away by this i think it's wonderful i think many of us too can see and and work some of this into our application for our lives too um we celebrate with you we will pray for you but so we're seeing in our text this morning about uh, God's salvation, not staying with the Jews, but going to the Gentiles, not staying with the one nation, going to all nations. We really see this take off at the death and resurrection, the Great Commission. And we're seeing this in living color uh, here in, in your world. But what, what would you say to us in terms of um, how do we further engage with what God is doing to the nations? Hmm. Well, I, um, you know, I would just recommend you for you to intentionally expose yourself uh, to what God is doing in the world. You know, I know, I know it's a big challenge. I mean, you guys are really busy with family and just work and all that. But I mean, there's such a um, there's such a rich experience of Christ Himself as you expose yourself to the, to the body of Christ. You just understand his love there's a wonderful passage in Ephesians I don't know if you want to just read it quickly you may read it. 17, yeah just read it 17 through yeah 19, 19. Uh, Ephesians three seventeen through 19 uh, says so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints hmm. what is the d- breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God so he talks about comprehending the love of Christ, not only that particular attribute, but everything that flows out of that, you know, and also being filled with the fullness of God. I mean, but key to all that is just together with all the saints, you know, and that's, that's a challenging... That doesn't just mean all the saints at Grace of Anne? No, no, no. Okay. I mean, so that's a challenging and sometimes threatening thing to do, you know, just being with all Christians. I mean, even the, like, the, the ones that I don't, don't like at all, you know, the ones that think differently... The ones that worship differently, 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> See? But we are two good examples of that, you know? The ones that just worship differently, they emphasize things that we don't. It's just, it's, it's a really uncomfortable experience sometimes. You know, and thre- threatening maybe for, for many of us. But you're but saying, just, so we need, to, we need to experience more of this. I would, I in would order just, to even walk in what is being said there, prayed there. Right. I mean, do you love Christ? Amen. Do you want to experience His life in a deeper manner? Do you want to be filled with the fullness of God? It says together with all the saints from all over. So I would just recommend, you know, just get out of your comfort zone and yeah. just get to know other Christians. You mentioned what? taking a trip. I mean, part of that is being in a totally different context. Yeah. Just take a trip. That, you know, if you can do that, that would be wonderful. You know, just a cross-cultural experience. Yeah. It will help you see a different Christ. I mean, not a different Christ, another a different Christ. More of the fullness of Christ. Right, it's just you see it from a different angle. And to be filled with that, you know, it's just amazing. I've experienced that myself, you know. Well, right here we have a, a cross-cultural fellowship. Right. Yeah. yeah. So our nation have, has been really blessed by you know, by what uh, Will is doing. And so we've experienced Christ. Will, would you, know, you say in, in that? country. Yeah. You always pray. Every Sunday morning he prays, uh, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And, you know, we're trying to, the kingdom of God is a reflection here on earth from what's up in heaven. And, you know, you're talking about a blessing to all nations. And then we go into here. You look at Revelation 7. Yeah. Seven, nine, and you're talking, after this I looked and behold a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes. I mean, worship is the goal here. Right. Worship and being with all nations. That's what heaven's going to look like. Yeah. I would encourage you to look at Memphis. I mean, in, in, um, in Germantown as well. You know, just this whole area. I know there are nations here. And there are churches that, that are representing nations. And I know they, they may have great needs as well. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to travel the world. It, it may be just right here. Sure. You know? Expose yourself as a church. You know, just plan that with you guys yeah. as pastors of the church. Well, you know? I think that too. I mean, so a couple different things. One is being mindful, and you're talking about mindful of the fellowship with all the saints from all nations. Mm-hmm. And we can think about that locally. Uh, for instance, Tiffany and I were with Shopping and Lihua this week, and uh, wonderful because they come from a totally different context than us, yet we worship the same Christ. Right. And it, it does fill out the fullness of who we understand Him to be as we engage with believers from other nations. The nations are at our doorstep. This is a tremendous opportunity in our city. It's an international city. We have international companies with FedEx and IP and and you name it. Um, But there are opportunities all around us, not only for fellowship across those lines, but then also accomplishing our mission statement, reaching an unchurched world to the nations and oftentimes not even having to leave our city because it's an international city. And so... um, Thank you for that. What would you add to that? Just, you know, pray for us. I think we're almost, you know? Yeah, we're time, doing but, good. But uh, just pray for us, you know? Just keep us uh, in your prayers as we uh, just try to take this not only uh, to the rest of the country, but also to to our continent, you know? There's, wow. there's great you know, challenges, and yeah. but we, we really feel that the Lord has called us uh, to do that. We're dreaming big. Yeah, it sounds big. Real big. 
Well, and and if you guys hear me write down Taleos, that um, I don't know if you can see, but that's what this is called. Um, uh, you can explain where you got it from, Taleos. Yeah, there's this passage in Colossians one uh, sixteen that talks about being perfect, not morally or spiritually perfect, but being complete, whole, and um, so that's what we are trying to do. You know, trying to add what is lacking to pastors and, and leaders so we just created that as a um, how you call that the name yeah, of logo. The, yeah, the logo of the project and uh, so it's it's becoming a, a big deal we're really happy I got I actually got a whatsapp um, I think two days ago mm-hmm. from a pastor who says I just visited a, a city and we have 50 pastors that are just waiting for you to come down in, in, in March wow. and just do you know the kick off a, of a new Teleos right there so, you know, wow. last time he came, I almost killed him. And we traveled, like, yeah. <laughs> next time he, he'll come, I will kill him for sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, let me wrap it up with, when we see the wise men, mm. we see them in the manger scene or whatever, the nativity scene, um, we should think about missions. And we should think about God's mission to save people from every nation. One of the downstream thoughts for us then would be fellowship with brothers and sisters from every nation, but also about our responsibility and opportunity to participate in what God is doing to the nations. Hopefully we've gotten a bit more of a taste of that today. So thank you for being with us. How about a hand for Marcos and for Will? And I do want to heed his uh, call to pray and pray for you now. So let, let us pray. Our Father in heaven, you are indeed holy, holy, holy. The earth is full of your glory, and um, you have said that you will continue to broadcast your great name to the ends of the earth, to fill it fuller. Uh, You will continue to bring your kingdom to earth as it is in heaven. And so we're asking, Lord, that you would act according to what you have promised to continue to bring your salvation blessings to the end of the earth, to all nations. We pray especially now for the nation of Argentina. Pray for Marcos. We thank you for your work in his life. We thank you for saving him. We thank you for his parents who raised him in the faith. We thank you uh, that you are establishing your covenant uh, generationally in his home. We pray for his wife and children that you would bless them in knowing you deeply and profoundly and walking with you all of their days. Lord, we pray for his ministry. Uh, We pray that you would be in every detail. We ask that you would work above and beyond anything we know how to ask or think about. They're dreaming big, they're asking big, and we pray that you would work even bigger. Lord, we pray for the upcoming meetings, this one in March with 50 pastors, that you would just uh, supersede expectations that you would go before them and with them and in them and through them. Lord, we want to see the gospel proclaimed. We want to see disciples made in every nation. And we pray that you would use them, the Argentina Bible Society, these other 19 Bible societies in the region, and and these other 100-plus Bible societies throughout the world that they're connected with. Lord, bless them in their labors. We do pray your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give them what they need, Lord. Thank you for this partnership that you have authored. 
Thank you that we get to be a part of it in uh, praying alongside. And we do pray that you would help us to make good application of what we've seen in our lives, that Christmas is about missions, that Christmas is about the nations coming in and worshiping the King. Lord, uh, help us to prioritize that fellowship with other believers from other nations. And also, uh, might we grow bold and courageous in reaching others uh, from all nations for Christ. We thank you for this day, and we do pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And uh, we can be done, or you can ask a question for Marcos that I'm sure he'd be glad to uh, answer. It was so good, there's no questions. That's right. Thank you again. Oh, no. Very clear. Thank you very much. All right. Go to church here in a few minutes.